Welcome to Mission Connect, a podcast brought to you by Passion to Reach Ministry, designed to equip you to connect with God's mission for your life. I'm Emily James, your host, and here with co-host, Passion to Reach's founder and director, Pastor Fnu Ipe. How are you, Pastor Fnu? I'm doing great, Emily, and excited for another episode of Mission Connect. And we have a guest today, so I'm super excited about that. Yes, and this is a reminder to all our listeners that this podcast is all about helping you connect to God's mission for your life and helping others connect to their mission. So as you said, we have a guest on here with us today, and he's going to actually be talking to us about ministering in the workplace and, and you know, how can we reach people who we're doing business with and 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 how can we make an impact in their life? Uh, you, you know, uh, Emily, one of the things that I love, and we've sort of addressed this in the podcast before, is this difference between just being church-focused and kingdom-focused. Mm-hmm. And when you're church-focused, everything that God does happens in uh, this particular facility, this particular building on a Sunday for a couple of hours or maybe a Wednesday night or maybe right. a Friday night but but it's very limited you know but when right. you begin to think kingdom and this is how Jesus operated uh, you begin to be able to take every opportunity mm-hmm. every avenue every whatever location you're in the people you're interacting with you're able to take all of that and use it uh, to impact the world around you mm-hmm. for Christ and I think this idea of marketplace ministry uh, is so powerful and really if you think about it, how many pastors would you really have, uh, you know, uh, in, say, a Canadian church context? I mean, generally, I think the average church size, they say, is about 100 people. So if it's maybe 100 to 1, right? But when you start saying, how many people do we have in the marketplace? I mean, you're coming close to except maybe people that are retired now and stuff or young people. You're talking maybe 75% of a church congregation is out in the marketplace. So when you begin to empower those people in everyday conversations to impact people, share the word with people, encourage people, uh, that's an incredible uh, opportunity that sometimes we're missing out because we don't think that way. Or we miss out on the opportunity because we don't think that our... there's a mission there or we're not can we think that in order to connect to our mission we have to be in ministry we have to work for a church or in our uh, ministry and really uh, you know every day there's opportunities to minister and to be a minister to people and i think uh, our guest today is a great example of someone that's living this out and is in the marketplace and is a voice you know mm-hmm. has become a voice or has a voice Actually, he does have a voice, as you're all going to hear in just a few minutes. Uh, He has an incredible voice, but uh, uh, we were actually joking about it that he should do the intro and the extra to this this episode today. Anyway, but he has become a voice for God uh, in his sphere of influence. So we're excited to have him on today. Yes, so let's bring on our guest today. We'd like to welcome James Ohola. Welcome, James. Thank you, Emily. Pleasure Welcome, James. Come on. Let, let, let's Thank hear you, that voice Fini. now. Come on. You <laughs> made me self-conscious. I was holding it back. We're excited <laughs> to have you, and we're thankful that you've taken the time yes. uh, to join us today to share your story. So, James, tell us, uh, how here. did you come into an encounter with Christ? We all have a journey, uh, and uh, we all have uh, individual specific experiences with Christ, uh, either very uh, overtly religious experiences in a church setting, or sometimes even just very personal experiences where God deals with our lives and our hearts. Um, what was your story? How did you come to faith in Christ? I had first come to faith in Christ seen as a uh, junior soldier at the Salvation Army. So wow. we had, uh, my parents had gone to the Salvation Army. They had gotten saved and actually started going there. And uh, I was, you know, as a child, went with them and went through the Sunday school program and all the other stuff. And uh, part of the 
program, I guess, was to bring you to a point of accepting Jesus into your heart. And so I went through that and did. Um, however, it was more, let's say, on paper or documented. And we still read the Bible stories and still did everything else like that. But uh, there was a time that was later in my life that it really became sort of a personal commitment where... Uh, I really said the prayer and really wanted to follow after him. And there was a character change, and there was something that was different. What was uh, different? Well, tell us a little bit about areas where you saw a change and a difference because of your relationship with Christ. Well, what was actually funny is that it, I didn't see the difference. And it was a matter of, like, it was between the grade 8 and grade 9 where uh-huh. the, I had made that change. Okay. And I didn't know that until it was, like, my grade 9 locker part or yeah, locker partner was this guy, mm-hmm. and uh, I came up to him and said, hey, you want to be locker partners and stuff like that? And he was like, yeah, and he said, okay, and it, we got along all right, but it wasn't until like halfway through the year, he was saying to me, what happened to you? Like, what is it? And I'm going, what are you talking about? And uh, he ended up telling me that I apparently bullied him in the prior years, grade seven and eight and stuff like that, beat him up, did all sorts of other things. I didn't know who he was. <laughs> and but he was so when I first approached him, he thought I was gonna beat him up if I wasn't his locker partner. Wow. So he was like, Okay, yeah. But uh yeah, so it, it wasn't until then that I guess that was the change that is sort of seen had happened. I so was, was no longer the same yeah. ruffian or wow. bad kid. Wow. And 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 growing up from there, coming out of school into um, into university and stuff, how did you how did your faith grow? What was the journey like for you? Uh, being a Christian and being a young person and uh, you know, being around people that didn't really believe in Christ, what was that journey like for you? I would say it was a little bit challenging. Like, obviously, like, I mean, there's the pressures of high school yes. and all the other things that are going to be there. There's the, oh, I want to have a girlfriend mm-hmm. or I want to do things like that. And there's the pressures that are obvious that every yeah. teenager Faces, wants yeah. to do. And then, well, how can you keep your faith and right. still have a respectable relationship? Mm-hmm. And there's expectations. So there, there it, that was a challenge. And also there would be parties and other things like that. And it was like, well... I don't want to do those things. I still want to be with my friends, but I'm not going to do what you do. I'm not going to be involved in what you want to. So it was just trying to finding the the balance and being able to be a part of the group, but not be in the group yeah. uh, ty- type of thing. So I wouldn't necessarily be judging people as to right. what they did, but I also want to say, hey, there's another option and just sort of walk that option and sort of live out your life in that context your faith in that context yeah of just building relationship being with them but not uh, as jesus would say being in the world but not off the world uh, yeah that idea yeah, yeah. like I, I remember there was one time there was this party and it was a good friend of mine she was thrown in and there was people that were just like wasted it was under wow. underage drinking and everything oh like my. that and it was uh you know and somebody had gone and they were sick and they have you know thrown up and I went in, took care of them, like they were a friend, wow. and helped to clean up the mess and do other things like that. Just because it was like, hey, I'm not going to sit there and let my friend lie like that and mm. deal with it. And they uh, they weren't so wasted that they didn't remember it. Right. Um, wow. So it was uh, – but been. I didn't do it for that. It was yeah. just – to me, it was just a matter of you're not – you don't let somebody be yeah. that way. That's right. not the good thing to do. Right. Wow. And so from there, how did you come into a place where you started looking at your life and saying, God, what is 
uh, your purpose? What is your will? What do you want uh, me to do uh, with my life? And and how did you sort of figure that? Because we know do, you're in, in the market. Do you ever stop asking that question? Well, that's a good that's a good point. You know, because I guess we're all in some way. On that journey of discovering, yeah. uh, you know, what God has for us in the next season. But, you know, especially when you come out of, you know, school, high school or, you know, college, university, and you're looking at a career path. I mean, those questions are very prominent. You're trying to figure out how do I navigate this? What steps do I take? Yeah. What was that like for you? Well, when I had graduated from university, it was uh, the country was going through a recession at that time. Mm. My graduating class, I think they said there was like 20% of the graduating class was able to get a job. And of that 20%, half of them were able to get it in their career. Hmm. The other half were like working whatever whatever job they could do to get uh, something working. So it it really was sort of a time of just trying to find some work. Hmm. And so I worked my first job. out of school was working at a car wash downtown and it was uh you're talking about out of university out of university yeah so it was uh it was a great i thought it was a great job there was some people that i got to meet there that Mm -hmm. were incredible people in the world like it was a nice car wash location downtown so i met some of the people that if i mentioned their names they own huge businesses that everybody shops in in canada or uh they were and incredible people, and the, the things that it was like, wow! And they were actually nice people. people like, I mean, yeah. that they, they they weren't. I thought they would be like, hey, you, you know, walk away from mm-hmm. me, you lousy little car wash guy. But right. no, they were extremely friendly. Wow! Yeah, so wow. it was uh, it was an interesting experience. And, and and how did you come into business from there? How was that? What was that journey like? From there, I went into uh, my family had a business, and they said, well, you know what? Why are you working there? Why don't you come in and join us? And then I started uh, working with my father and then managing his retail operation and uh, was doing that for a while. And then things had changed in that yeah. dynamic. And yeah. it was just like, you know what, there was just a little bit too much of other tension and other problems. So right. I thought it was best to to move on. Mm-hmm. But I did know that I loved sales. Really? I knew that in my final year of university, I realized I thought I really like sales, like this whole aspect of it. And I thought it was fun. Once I started working in that retail environment and dealing with sales, it uh, I became a student of it and loved it and wanted to see the challenge. And it was, to me, it was fun. Every single opportunity was new and unique, but it was still within uh, you had a uh, it was like a game, mm. right? It was a game mm-hmm. board, but you knew exactly how things were going to go. Maybe people didn't know it was a game board, but I looked at it as a game board and I just it was fun, it was enjoyable. Now, James, I know you and uh, we have a relationship and uh, uh, you know, at the same church, and so I know your faith, I know you. Uh, your relationship with the Lord, how you love the Lord. And you're also in business. You're in mar- in the marketplace. Uh, so obviously you said there was a transition from the business, but now you're back in that business uh, as well, or you're you're doing business right now where you're a, a sales manager. Is that? Yeah, I'm a, yeah. I'm a sales manager, and uh, I'm still in the same industry, in the okay. optical yeah. industry, but I'm working in a totally different thing. Different. I'm not okay. with my in the family business okay. per se, but I'm in the industry. Industry, okay. So how does your faith connect with your work and that's part of you know what i think i I really want to uh our listeners to sort of have uh insight into because and i'll tell you why because many times people look at their faith as only having value within the church context right so uh, my faith comes out on a sunday morning you know my my uh knowledge of the bible or 
my worship or you know the way I look at uh, the world through the lens of my faith all of that really applies practically speaking on a Sunday or sometime when I'm in a church context but uh, you know when you look at the life of Jesus he was actually on mission no matter where he was at right he connected in fact that's what the uh, the Pharisees didn't really like about him because he would connect with people that were unchurched you know and yeah. and yet and yet through his interaction with them there would be a life change in their life and Zacchaeus is a great example of this right he didn't yeah. Jesus doesn't take him to the synagogue he doesn't take him to the temple he hangs out with him at a party but because of that spending time with him there's a heart change that Zacchaeus goes through and so i really believe that god has placed people in the marketplace to impact people's lives now would they come would they all come to faith probably not but their life can be that much more better or they can receive that much more direction and insight into what their next step should be because God's placed the right people around them so how do you connect your faith your relationship with God to what you do in business how does that work for you well there, there's two aspects there's the the business aspect let's just say from the numbers and the yeah. sales and the mm-hmm. goals and things like that. And for, for that, I do actually pray about those items and I do wow. bring them before God. And I, I look at it as in, I remember Jacob, I remember Joseph, I remember Jesus with the, the fish and telling the disciples throw the net on the other side. To me, the issue of having stagnant or loss is not in God's kingdom. So I will bring up numbers or we will pray about things and I, and I will say, God, help me. Like, I'm not the one to make it happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could sit there and do it, but he's the one who can change the hearts of the people. And there's, it's so I'm so far removed from the actual final sale that mm-hmm. a consumer will make. But... Um, God's not, <laughs> so right. I'll I'll ask him for you know the help and I, and I will pray and and lift that up before them because it's I sort of feel that the company should be like Pharaoh and saying wow things are good when Joseph's here mm, <laughs> right so it it that's, I, that's the testimony that I keep on you know wanting God to have and to receive and they'll know. Well, James isn't like the other guys, and he's a little bit different, and this is what, you know, they understand what my belief is, and for some reason, the numbers just keep on turning, and wow. it's like, well, it ain't me, it's, you know, it's him. Right. Um, so that's the, the one aspect. Um, with the other aspect is with, I do manage and look after people, and um, I always, as I said earlier, like, frequently I pray Number one, and it goes back to the prayer of Jabez, Lord, let me be a blessing. Help me to be a blessing to others. And uh, I pray to be a blessing, and I'll name the people that I look over, and I'll pray to be a blessing to my wife and to my children and to the people that are at the church in in every way that I could possibly be, even with my competitors. It's funny, when we're, um, we're at trade shows or other events, I'll be... People say that you're competitors, but you've deal so many times with one another and you see each other so often on the road, they become your friends. And because you're dealing with the same heartaches, you're dealing with the same problems and you commiserate. And it's just a matter of if you can sit there and offer a word of encouragement that, you know, that we're dealing with something that was horrible Mm. and just wanting to, you know, 
Help them out. And, right. the, and it's funny, the camaraderie that you would think amongst enemies, but it's it's not. There's a strong camaraderie amongst uh, competitors. That's incredible. So, uh, but for the people that I do deal with, it is, it's a, I always constantly bring them before God and want to be a blessing to them in helping them to hit their goals, helping them to make their achievements. Because a goal is more than just a sales figure. Attached to it is, well, that means... I can get a better car. It means something better for my family. It means something more to them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's to offer that as well as to there's other things that people have, the hardships in their lives, whether it's marital problems, whether it is losses in the family or horrible news about health conditions or things like that. And just uh, being able to sort of hear the spirit, mm-hmm. stop, and address that and talk to that and really speak to that issue. And uh, I you know, always want God to be, I want to hear his voice and I want to address it. I don't, I think people are too important. I, they're not just a number. They're not something else. They're, yeah, they're more. I, I think that's powerful, both those points. And I want to dig a little deeper. We just have about five minutes left. And oh. so in the first, <laughs> I know, I know, much. time just flies when we're having fun. So the first point you're talking about success in business. And I want to sort of dig into that a little bit deeper because James, I feel like there's sometimes a poverty mentality in the church. You know, the mm. sense that, well, you know, God wouldn't want you to be really prosperous. God wouldn't really want you to have a lot of wealth because, well, you know, wealth is somehow a negative thing. It, it's not very spiritual. It takes you away from God. It, it distracts you. So God would probably not want you to or your business or whatever you do in the marketplace to prosper. He would just want you to sort of Break even, if you will. You know, you're, you're doing okay, but not really take it to that next level. Um, but you obviously brought up the story of Joseph, and then there's the story of Daniel in the Bible. Uh, there's Esther. Uh, there's so many different people that you see throughout the scriptures that God's hand of favor was upon them. And wherever they were placed, they brought prosperity. They brought an abundance to those uh, in those cases, kingdoms or, uh, you know, um, spheres of influence. And so what is how, how what would you say to some person right now that's listening, maybe a young person that's saying, I want to get into business and I want to, you know, I want to do this, but I don't really know. Is this really a spiritual thing? Can God really do this through me? And if I take this step, how, what do I do to to connect God to the prosperity. I'm not talking about the people now, but just the prosperity that he wants me to have in business. Where I take it from is I go right back to the first commandment. Mm. God said to Adam, be fruitful and multiply to increase. Mm. And he gave him, put him in the garden to till it and everything like that. And so the issue is that some people say, well, that means have lots of babies. Uh, I don't think so. I think like, because it was a matter of, he put him in the garden to till it. And if we take a look, if you look at every single vegetable and other thing, like you have vines growing on a grape, they will only grow so much unless you work at it and mm. cause it to increase. This is, I... I personally, whenever I read it, and I read it quite often, is that is a command right from him that you must bring increase. That is not an option. He doesn't say, hey, you know what? I'll have a chance. If you make a profit, that's a pretty good idea. No. There is no ifs. There is no ands. There is no buts. Make an increase. That is your job. So I take it that way. Now, 
I, you work, you do your best, you try to sit there and get an increase and everything like that. And God's the one who's able to make the increase. Yeah. But to sit there and say, well, it's really not uh, God's way. I, I would say go back to Genesis, <laughs> the first command yeah. to man, and that is it. And and I when I go from there, then you can go forward with Genesis looking at Joseph and everybody else. And they're just really following that command in whatever area their their mm-hmm. life is in and causing it to increase and to be better than what it is. Um, I'm given a poor territory. I cause it to increase to become better. Mm. I'm given a hard relationship with somebody. Mm. I will make it increase and be more than what it was than when I came in. Wow. Whatever I am given, I whether a lump of clay, I need to make it to something that is better. That is his command to me. And I honestly believe, and I personally, it'll be, James, this is what I gave you. Mm. What did you do with it? Mm. I believe that's what I'll be judged on. Mm. So. That, that's that's powerful. And I think it also connects to God's kingdom because, you know, I, I've, you know, people always say the, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just, but there's work involved. You know, yeah. the, if you want a transfer of wealth, well, then there's work involved to actually make that happen. So yeah. be it that idea God's given you, that business that God's, you know, handed over to you, that position you just got promoted in, whatever it is, that God is looking for you, like you said, to increase it, to take take it from where it is and to actually cause it to grow. I love that word you, you that you shared from Genesis, multiply. The yeah. idea that, you know, when you have, when you plant an apple tree and then you have apples and you open up that apple, you see multiple seeds. Each seed is a tree. So you just multiply it. And yeah. this idea of multiplication, I, I, I think that's powerful. And I think part, it's part of God's kingdom mandate. Also, James, I don't know if you'd agree with this, but also so that we can become a blessing to others. Because yeah. if you don't multiply and increase, how can you then become a resource to people, uh, people who are in need, people who yeah. don't haven't had those opportunities that you've had, yeah. and that you can actually make a difference in their lives. Yeah, it, it, honestly, like, I'm glad you brought that because the issues is that I, I find it amazing how in God's kingdom, like, in, in every walk of life, it's a matter of there's you work at something and it causes an increase, but always in that there is something that is more, and I think that's where in the when you're reading the Psalms and Proverbs where it talks about wisdom in being prudent because there'll be times there'll be things that are hidden inside that you don't see. And I'll give you an example. I was uh, up north, we were at a mining facility and they were actually, it was a nickel facility and they're taking nickel core and that's their job. It's a nickel mine. But we were in a section that was with copper. They were winning copper and taking the copper out of the, basically the sludge. Mm. So they're taking copper out of the sludge and then out of that copper sludge was gold, platinum, silver, all the precious metals as well. So the issue is, is that wow. some in everything that you have, there is hidden more wow, and more powerful. for profitability to the point that the electro-winning facility, the money that was made from the copper, platinum, and gold covered all the overhead of the mine. Nickel was pure gravy, and that's what they were doing. So that's you, incredible. yeah. So the issue is, is that inside of everything is more and more. Mm. So it's not until you start to bring it out and you see mm. the growth that you begin to see more opportunities for success. I know I'm going a little bit of a different direction, but 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 James, apply that to your life. Okay, let's apply that to the person that's listening to us right now. Yeah, God has placed things within them 
that they need to mine for a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? They need to they need to look at what God's place is. I'm sure you've had to do that in business. You've had to dig deeper. You've had to go into yourself and say, okay, wait, what can I do about this? How can I grow this? What gifting, talent have I not, you know, perfected or honed yet that can help me take it to that next level, even if it's, you know, a percent or two percent. But but you know, you, you sometimes have to look inside of you what God has placed within you, yeah, and and develop exactly. it to to, yeah. to get to that next level. So yeah, t- talk to us about that. Well, it, it, it's it, you're absolutely right. It's just a matter of finding because it's never far away. It's never mm-hmm. on the mountains of Tibet. Mm-hmm. It's never someplace else. It is right underneath your nose. Yeah. That's where God places your treasure, mm. and so it, it's um. A matter of trying to find it and sort of seeing where things are. And sometimes it's, I've heard this so many times that people will say, is what, what is your passion? What's the thing that you feel good about? What are you naturally gifted in? What are the things that you would love to do? Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of trying to find how can I hone that? How can I make it better? Uh, and you could use those things in your career. Let's say, for example, you're doing, so if you have a certain passion in your career, well, how can you work on that skill within your career to make, make it better for your employer, make it better for your job. But also it gives you a little bit more of a breadth and be able to explore yourself so that you can basically be better at it. And then maybe later on you can become a great individual doing that alone. And mm-hmm. that could su- suffice it. And you could create a career on that. And, and I so. think that's that's powerful. And I want to encourage all of our listeners, whatever God's mission God's called you to, make sure that you're constantly developing yourself, growing yourself, learning, studying, re- reading. You know, my wife always jokes, every time I'm home, all the time that I'm at home, so in the mornings, in the evenings, I'm always listening to something. She's like, you always have a podcast running. You know, I have a little Bluetooth speaker and I have podcasts running constantly, right? So because I'm not getting dressed in the morning, I want to keep listening i want to learn i want to and i'm like babe i want to learn i want to hear i want to grow i want to develop you know i mean there are certain things i'm good at i could just keep doing that forever probably but i know that's going to limit the potential god's place within me i know there's more than god's place within me and i love this idea of mining, of, of, of looking a little mm-hmm. deeper, of looking in the places where nobody else is seeing. And that's the beauty of, I, I think, being able to identify what God's called you to do is that you will recognize it and grow and develop in it before others will. Yeah. You, you know, you'll be working at it in secret places, developing it and becoming better at it before the world actually recognizes that gifting or that skill set or that talent. But if you yeah. don't have the patience and uh, the uh, discipline to work at it in those yeah. quiet places, in those secret places where no one's watching you or no one's, you know, appreciating you for it, you probably will never be able to bring it out to, for yeah. the world to experience as well. Yeah. yeah. And, and so the second point you were talking about, James, was people. So first you talk about prosperity, then you talk about people and how God's using you and God's used you to impact people. Uh, I don't know. Just give give our listeners. We're actually out of time already, but give our listeners a couple of pointers on. You know, you're at the workplace. You want to be professional. You know, yeah. uh, you don't want to. You know, you don't want to take up time during work hours to talk about. You know, church or or be considered be talking about religion or, or any of that. But at the same time, you also want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And say the yeah. right things at the right time when God speaks to you because that could mean yeah. a lot to that person. How do you do that and what are some keys that people can apply? Well, I never, I'm not a Bible thumper, if yeah. we could put that sure. the, out there. But it would just be a matter of, I'll get a check in the Spirit. They'll say something and then it'll be a check that I get and it's like, oh, 
there's something more. And you could tell that somebody's hurting or something like that. And it's just asking a question. Sometimes it's just listening. Because unfortunately, the world has got so much noise, so much other things. Mm-hmm. Nobody's listening. Nobody's mm-hmm. truly paying attention to them and hearing. And to be able to hear and cry with them and understand and know that I get it and, and, and I ache with you and I hurt with you. That There's so much healing in that alone mm-hmm. that wow. really it, it doesn't matter. And, and it's just, you know, I think with... Something like that and being real and being a, a connection is something that is awesome. And understanding and talking to them, not being, not quoting 50 scriptures, not doing yeah. things like that, and just but just being honest and truthful and a friend and, and hearing. And listening to, like, I, I can't say what I would say because it's always a matter of, trying to hear the prompting of the spirit and seeing mm-hmm. where it could go and where are we going to, what do they need to hear? Cause and that's the, I dare <laughs> to me, it's a scary spot because you're on an eight a razor edge and you don't want to push somebody the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You want to move them and be and guide them and help them and be a blessing to them. Mm-hmm. And so the issue is, Lord, give me the words. What am I supposed mm-hmm. to say? And, it's just having an honest and being trying to be true. That's powerful. And I think, uh, you know, what I take away from that is uh, being sensitive to the Lord and yeah. uh, being sensitive to people around you and being willing to listen, being willing to um, take time to stop. And uh, who knows, maybe it's not a, a verse of scripture. Maybe it's a word of encouragement. Yeah. Maybe it's to say, hey, I've been through this, or I know what you're talking yeah. about, um, and it's like going to be okay. Yeah, but, like there's been times that it, even it was like, let's say it was at a trade show, and then somebody shares something and they let it out, and you can tell that they're hurting. But this is a public place; you can't do anything, right? And it's, sometimes it's just a matter of going over and giving them a hug, wow. mm-hmm. and just saying, "Hey, stand and letting them know and it were you know what that's acceptable or giving them a side hug and just showing something that they was they were heard and it's you know you, you feel with them and then later on you could talk with them and right. stuff like that but right. uh, you know sometimes it's just acting at that moment yeah. mm-hmm. when they need somebody to be a friend that's powerful I think mm-hmm. uh, this has been really informative uh, James uh, you know uh, I think this whole idea of being uh, being the hands and feet of Christ in the marketplace is mm-hmm. powerful. And also the idea um, of prospering, that God has called us to prosper. God has called us to multiply. God has called us to increase everything yeah. that's given to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the church needs to hear this. I think that those who are Christians that are feel that feel God's called them to a mission in the marketplace need to hear that, uh, that it's not just... You know, the people I can minister to while I'm at work or while I'm running my business. uh, It's also that wealth has a purpose. And when you use Mm -hmm. wealth for kingdom purposes, that can impact uh, many, many people's lives. So thank you so much, James. Thank you for being on the show. We we really appreciate 
uh, all the insight mm-hmm. that you've shared with us. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me, Pastor a- Emily, uh, you know, I think that was a great uh, uh, interview. Just listening to James, you know, I've just been, mm-hmm. I, I've never been in the marketplace in business, you mm-hmm. know, so just listening to him about trade shows and profit and de- talking to people, listening to people, uh, I think it's just, uh, it's powerful. And I really hope that many of our listeners have been encouraged that God yeah. can use them on mission in the marketplace as well. Yeah, and that God uses us, you know, with what we have and, and when we're willing to to give and extend to others and how much more influence God brings us into. Yeah, and influence can come, as James was saying, just by listening to somebody. Yeah, Just right. by giving them that hug, just by letting them know that you're there, you're with them, you understand, and, uh, mm-hmm. and that you care for them. Mm-hmm. And that uh, you'll be able to impact and influence their life even through those uh, seemingly insignificant things, but yet it can make such a big difference when someone's going through a rough, t- a rough period in their lives. Mm-hmm. And being able to, you know, what he's talking about, about putting out that noise and really listening to the Holy Spirit. And God, what are the words that you want to speak to them through me? Mm-hmm. And I also liked, you know, it, when he talked about his uh, faith experience and how he came to faith in Christ, how unconventional that was. It wasn't in a church. It wasn't walking up to an altar. And sometimes, you know, part of the reason that we're not able to be effective in the marketplace is because we think things have to happen a certain way. Right. If it doesn't happen this way, it couldn't be God. But that's not true. God can make up his own way of how mm-hmm. he wants to deal with people. Yeah. And uh, and so I, I, I love that part of his st- story where he first came to faith in Christ, how uh, you know he didn't even realize everything that was happening until people started telling him, hey, there's a change in your life. Right. And that's when he figured out what God had done for him. So uh, I want to encourage all of our listeners, get out to the marketplace and make a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, get on mission and let God use you to uh, to transform uh, people outside the four walls yeah. of your local church. Let your words speak life to people. Let Smart. your words speak yeah. life. Yes, that's powerful. So thank you again for tuning in. Uh, we would love to hear from you. If you have questions, suggestions, feedback, uh, please email us at info at passion to reach dot com or visit us online at www.passiontoreach.com. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Mission Connect. Join us next week. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.